World Europa presents Calling Europe, the first pan-European speed podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to our next episode of our pan-European speed podcast. I am really happy to introduce to you today Ksenia Ivanova, who is talking to us from Berlin. Hello everybody. How are you, Eileen? I'm good. Thank you, Ksenia. It's really nice to have you here. Now, you are in Berlin, but actually... Usually you're not in Berlin, is that correct? <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, I'm based in Paris, but I was stuck in uh, I'm stuck in Berlin since March, <laughs> and I decided to stay some more months until the end of summer. So summer in Berlin instead of Paris. Exactly. It's way better, actually. <laughs> Berlin's better in the summer than Paris. <laughs> in summer, yes, <laughs> because there's uh, much more space and much more green trees and uh, open parks and so on. And I, I'm guessing you're getting the bonus of not having tourists around this year. Exactly. <laughs> and now let's go to the first part of our podcast. The Profile. Xenia, where in Europe do you live? Where do I live? In Paris. And when did you join Bolt? It was in, uh, I think, uh, like my first contact was in July 2018 and I joined, I think, by the end of August 2018. So it, more than two years ago. That is quite a lot for Bolt. <laughs> what do you do at Bolt? Uh, now I'm co-lead uh, for expansion on the European level, but I used also to be a strategy coordinator and vice president of Bolt France. And the very last question is, where is your favorite place in Europe? Hmm. <laughs> Paris and Berlin, but uh, many more places actually. It's just very hard to say because uh, it depends of if it's for living or for vacation. It's just very, very different. And I also love Italy, for example, and uh, I don't know, also Scandinavian countries like Stockholm. I, 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 yeah, it depends. I love Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I love Europe, exactly. <laughs> So thank you for your answers, Ksenia. Now we're going to come to the main part of our podcast where we will ask you some not-so-standard questions. The three questions. Question number one. Question number one is, what is something you learned through Vault that improved your life? So, for example, maybe a Volter that told you a bizarre life hack that you learned and you use every day now or um, something that you learned through your work with Vault. I think I have learned a lot of yeah random facts <laughs> through Vault and it surely improved my life. Can you think of a bizarre fact that you learned? Not really. I, j I just can't remember right now, but uh, surely there was something. You need to share on workplace if you remember. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> People uh, do a random group for us, <laughs> just random facts. <laughs> Another group. Another group. <laughs> there are not enough. <laughs> And but uh, the most uh, impressive thing I learned through Vault is just that um, you can really meet people who uh, who empower you to do what you want to do, and in uh, very different ways. Just because everybody has a different character, a different mentality, but everybody follow well, a lot of people follow this rule just to to give enough energy and enough power to a, to a person to to achieve what he or she wants to achieve yeah and it's like really great yeah i have to i found i, I personally think i find that one of the most remarkable things about like the atmosphere um of the way that we at least want to we don't always do it as well as we could but i think 
very often we make such a great effort of empowering and building new leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think that is one of the greatest things that have really come out of Vault in the last two years. I mean, I I don't know personally, like I never would have seen myself in any sort of leadership position two years ago, three years ago, never. And then we have so many young people that are 17 or 18 or 19 and so many women mm-hmm. that would potentially never see themselves in a leadership position. And now are in one and I think that is such a fantastic thing that Bolt is doing actually. Yeah me too and also that we managed to talk to uh, all parts of society or we try at least and we uh, we say also that we don't know everything is just uh, also a big force that we admit it because a lot of uh, other political parties don't do that and uh, uh, just try to um, yeah, to implement something without even having a real profound knowledge on it. And we we can say, okay, we don't know a lot about it, but uh, let's start to improve our knowledge and then we can uh, come to a conclusion or to a, to a decision what we can do further, like what are the, our further steps. And it's a big force, this to me. Question number two. So question number two, Xenia, is... Who is someone in Vault that you think everyone should talk to at some stage? So someone particularly interesting or exciting or positive, um, anything that you can think of. Okay, I would say that everybody should talk at least one time in his life or her life to maybe Damian as our deputy. But then, uh, yeah, surely our co-presidents, also remarkable people who are leading just a big organization. And... I would also mention a really a very cheerful person who is uh, who has a big knowledge in history and uh, also different um, different domains of the society. It's Wim Monasso. He's from uh, Vault Netherlands, and I really love to discuss with with him and to uh, share knowledge with him. It's so interesting because. Okay, so until I really felt like you and I had contact points in Vault, I always felt like you were one of those people that were at every single Vault event that I was at. So I'd go to a German GA and Xenia would just somehow be there. And then there's another GA like three months later and it's tiny and Xenia would be there. And you, and like I always go, how, how is she everywhere all the time? <laughs> but also I feel like Vim is that kind of person too. So I remember I, I saw him, we had this, border event throughout the European elections and I remember seeing him and I was like oh okay cool and then another GA came up and he was also there so it's interesting to see that you guys are sort of actually like people that are really engaged and actually going to the um going to the events and going to meet people and are very social and I know Vim posts a lot of things um about um whatever he's interested in on, on workplace and really is outspoken. Question number three. So now we will ask our third and final question for this round. Um this question is one that Carl put together because as you know, the last guest always asks a question for the next one. So this is a question that Carl wanted to ask you. Shania, I would like to ask you um, what your thoughts on how we can gain more people to vault and knowing that you come from Russia but have lived in France, do you think it's easier or there are different themes at play for vault when it comes to East and Western Europe? 
I think, first of all, as we have um, some time until the European elections that are the most important elections for us at the moment, anyway, uh, we should completely, um, like, or completely restructure our movement just to have really uh, fundamental uh, basics that allow us to go further and to have uh, a very elaborated strategy, elaborated, uh, um, I don't know, how do you call it, pillows of the organization. Like uh, now I was working on diversity and I think it's a very important part, like gender and diversity inside of our organization. Uh, in order to become a, an authentic organization, we have really to represent inside uh, of all what we want to achieve outside. Uh, otherwise, we are not credible. It is not like maybe it doesn't sound as a first aim of expansion, but actually it helps a lot expansion. Uh, we uh, really need like really strong basics inside of world. And we have some time now. We have uh, four years to go. We, we should invest uh, time and energy in this and also work uh, at the same time on policy. Uh, what we don't, we shall uh, see what is not in our uh, mapping of policies and what we shall introduce because otherwise we don't achieve people that we want to achieve. Like, for example, uh, with culture, we don't have anything on culture and arts inside of our mapping of policies. And it's a big group of people uh, in our society. So if we don't have it uh, in our mapping of policies, it means uh, we don't have uh, any or we can't establish any connection to them or almost not. And it's the same about uh, Every every group of people, uh, like even also, if I don't know, if we took uh, take ethnic minorities, it's the same. If you don't have enough of them, and if we don't provide any policy uh, for them and uh, on them, then we can't achieve this group of people. Same for women. Uh, same for education. Whatever, just uh, any domain. We have to figure out what we need to to add to to our policies too. And then just normal, uh, uh, like uh, uh, usual uh, at usual events and uh, um, for meet and greets and maybe during the Corona time now we can do some some more sports outside and do a meet and bike, meet and hike and whatever. But uh, the main objective is now to uh, to put some basics to establish a better fundamental. Uh, thank you, Xenia. I really like the meet and hike. Actually, I'm going to pass that on to my local team because we have really great hiking places around here and we haven't had any sort of physical meet and greet so far, but I think meet and hike is actually a very good idea. I actually had a call with uh, um, the countries around Bodensee and it's them who just uh, told that they do, yeah, meet and hike, meet and paddle. So just, I would love to join them. <laughs> Thank you for your answers. However, I will ask um, the second part of Carl's question again, which is, is there, in your opinion, a difference in how you expand a team or get people to join Bolt in the West and in the East of yeah, Europe? This is a big question right now because of the development in the Eastern European countries. We need to, to, 
to see how we can engage people without uh, without offending them. Like for example, they have uh, now also laws on the LGBTIQ community that are very restrictive and like from the Western point of view, not acceptable. But <clears throat> and even by EU human rights norms, right? I mean, exactly. It just uh, I don't want to talk a lot uh, a lot about this negative uh, effects and negative development because it can really be difficult for them uh, to implement it in their policy or in their uh, activities. As uh, it can put even, yeah, put them in danger uh, if they really proclaim this Western European or Western European is just uh, democratic thinking actually, uh, and uh, so we need to see how to deal with that, with it. Now we think maybe first we establish not political parties there, there, but. Uh, NGOs or think tanks and just then reconsider this in one or two years, maybe it will the development in these countries will yeah be a little bit different from now on. Why why is there such a difference? Why do people like why do we see this massive rise in I guess um like minimizing LGBT rights, for example, or women's rights in the East of Europe, whereas like in countries that would also be extremely conservative in comparison, Ireland, and you have this massive rise and, you know, the Eighth Amendment that you can have women, that women are allowed to have abortions and, and gay rights and stuff. Why, why is there such a decline in that in, in the East, do you think, like on a societal level? I think it's, it has a very it has very historical reasons because in Western Europe we have a democracy since uh, after the Second World War, and in Eastern countries since uh, basically eighty nine. So there is a huge gap between uh, two parts of Europe, uh, and then these the Eastern countries were under uh, the power of the Soviet, former Soviet Union. And there, and this is my perception, um, it was very important to maintain this vertical power. And that is why uh, religion is so important, or it became so important. Because even now, like the leaders are very um, authoritarian, or quiet uh, authoritarian and they need something that supports this vision of the society and when we have this parallel between uh, yeah god and uh, the president uh, like it was uh, yeah <laughs> i don't know the middle age sorry <laughs> to say it this way um but it supports the power actually and this is why and religion uh, prohibits uh, the uh, like liberal ideas, it prohibits uh, um, the development of the woman, it prohibits the uh, development of uh, sex different sexual orientation because it can uh, destroy this um, uh, picture of the world if people are free. Wow, it's really quite interesting. Uh that question and that entire discussion I think is culturally very interesting to hear your favorite song 
So, Xenia, because we want to put together our podcast, our Vault podcast Spotify playlist, um, we want to be able to share it with all our Vaulters so they can listen to our our Vaulters' favorite songs. Um, which song would you want to be on the playlist for you? It's a very hard question because I, it depends <laughs> on my mood and on uh, different times in my life. I actually understand that. I always feel like when people... It's similar to the question, what's your favorite place in Europe? Because there's so many great places in Europe and there's so many nice songs. It depends on winter. Is it winter or summer? Do I want to go to, you know, Finland or Italy or... Exactly. So, Xenia, because our conversation has been so nice, I will ask for you to give us two songs that you would want for us to put on the playlist, one for a good mood and one for a bad mood. Wow, even two. <laughs> okay, I will tell you one. Just It's Perdu uh, dans la liberté by Giga Paraskiri. And the second one, maybe Pink Martini. And uh, je ne veux pas travailler. <laughs> I really don't know both of those. I just understood I don't want to work. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and this is for good mood. <laughs> But that is actually great. I really look forward to seeing this playlist, actually, because I'm really interested. I lost, uh, and the other one is just lost in the freedom. Ah, so when you're happy, you get lost in the freedom. And when you're sad, you don't want to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I will definitely listen to those. And we have one, 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 one final question. The nomination. Who would you want to nominate for our next call? And what question would you like to ask him or her? I would nominate Dan Kniebügel from Slovakia. He is country lead from Slovakia. And I would ask him maybe actually the same questions or at least the, the same last question. Dan, I, I'd like to ask you, uh, what would you do to develop vault in Eastern European countries? And what is your vision on the difference between uh, Eastern and Western Europe? Well, Xenia, thank you so much for this conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I really look forward to also hearing our next podcast with Dan. Thank you to everyone who listened to us. And Xenia, talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you a lot. It was a pleasure to meet you here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Calling Europe, a production of Volta Lobat.